Episode 293. That is the challenge for sure. Every time I go to a conference, I look at both sides, the management and technical side, and I, uh, I keep telling myself I cannot not attend these technical sides. So I'm going to have to focus the management side, you know, throughout the rest of the year when I'm not at these conferences. But um, certainly probably not the best way to do it. It's just hard for me to um, not choose uh, to attend, you know, the John Thornton, Scott Manna classes, you know. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers throughout North America and around the world. Carm Capriato here, adding an interview with shop owner and technician Bryn Klein from Assured Auto Works to the Aftermarket's premiere podcast archives. Hey, I want to thank Federal Mogul Motor Parts for their support of these interviews. You know, when you need innovation and quality, you need Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Brands like Moog, Felpro, Wagner Brake, Anco, Champion, Seal Power, FP Diesel, and more. They're the parts text trust. And thank you for support of these brands. Find out more at fmmotorparts.com. Hey, the network of listeners builds every weekend. I'm honored to make so many connections like new Facebook friends, Karim Morsley, Dale Donovan, Murdad Avar, Jessica Cochran, and Keith Heilvel, and my latest LinkedIn connections, Denny Rivera and Jason Burka. Hey, get connected with the podcast at remarkableresults.biz slash social. Hey, so many enjoying the podcast on my own listening app for iOS and Android. Got one of those smart devices? I'm sure you do. Some cool features like episode highlights, my guests' pictures, and smart Bluetooth stop and start features. So you can listen while you're commuting. You'll catch the entire episode during your to and from work. Now, meet Bryn Klein from Assured Auto Works in Melbourne, Florida. His show notes page is at remarkableresults.biz slash e293. Bryn is a tech working as a shop owner, or is it that he's a shop owner working as a tech? No doubt, though, that Bryn is all about training and technology. He's been in business for seven years and is very involved in the industry and has a big passion for helping others. He goes to Vision every year, is on the advisory board of CTI, CarQuest Technical Institute, is involved with ASA locally and nationally. He sits on advisory councils for secondary and post-secondary and is on an advisory council for IATN. He's giving back in a big way and has his sights set on being a trainer at Vision someday. Bryn shares what he feels it takes to become a career automotive technician, his commitment to get his AAM from AMI, and he believes that every technician should take a business management course. Now enjoy a great conversation with Bryn Klein. Hey, a warm welcome to Bryn Klein from Assured Auto Works in Melbourne, Florida. Good morning, Bryn. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you on. I believe you may be my number one fan, but we can talk about that at another time. <laughs> ASE Master Status. Wow. C1, L1, L3. How long have you had it? I mean, I started testing probably early 2000s um, and slowly just progressed and added tests as we went along. Kept it up? Yeah, keeping it up. I have two or one expiring this month, but uh, we'll definitely get it resolved here. You know, I've heard you say most of my peers struggle 
to balance their family life and their work. That's a huge statement. To me, it is. It's a. It's bittersweet. It's um. It's exciting because my peers are have the same passions as I do, and uh, um, but at the same time, it is a challenge. Uh, so, for a diagnostic tech to be at the top of his craft, he can't have a work life balance. No hobbies, for sure. I think. I mean, you can have hobbies, but uh, most of your time, I think, is spent. You know, reading training material, um, having technical conversations with your peers, go attending training classes, uh, researching cars that you're dealing with during the day. So you're really saying, um, let me go out and do my own personal case study at night while the rest of the world is spinning around me and doing their thing because I am working on my craft, being the best that I could possibly be. And is that really a requirement? Things are harder for certain people than they are other people, of course, but uh, at least for me and a, a lot of the people that I talk to regularly invest a lot more time in their career and uh, their interest within the career than other industries that I've seen. So, um, which is, again, is exciting because uh, coming into this field and for 10 or 15 years, my first 10 or 15 years, it was I enjoyed it, but it was still a job. I mean, uh, let's face it, the, there's a lot of uh, jobs out there. And, uh, so it's exciting the last few years to, uh, think, really think of this as a career and a passion. I want to talk about a lot of the things you're doing. The reason you're here is I think you have a fabulous, fabulous story to tell about growing the image and what you're doing to, to help solve the tech problem. But let's talk about this work-life balance again. You've owned the shop for what, seven and a half years? Yes, sir. Are you married? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> How does she deal with your, you know, 12-hour days? Well, I come home in the evening after work, and I focus on the family until the kids are in bed. They're still young, so luckily they go to bed fairly early. But as soon as they're in bed, um, the good news is my wife and I have been married for 17 years. So it's uh, after that long, it's uh, it's okay to do our own thing a little bit in the evening. There's an establishment there. But as well, after she goes to bed, it's usually a couple hours on my own doing my own thing work-wise. So. What's your own thing? I mean, what are you studying? What are you working on? It's usually technical, uh, diagnostic-type things. Uh, a car that's bothering me at the, during the day, I'll research at night. Um, um, online video, training videos, uh, t- discussing technical things with industry peers, uh, like-minded professionals, things like that. It's amazing that you just said this because... Last night, I did my fourth technician roundtable with, uh, with Peter, with Matt, and with Bob, and uh, that subject came up. We actually talked about being able to see what an A-Tech diagnostician's commitment really is inside the industry, and there's, there's no doubt you, uh, you live that. You are it. You're accredited automotive manager from AMI. You know, there's a lot of shop owners out there that have it and there's a lot that don't what was your driving force to uh to become certified you know i'm going to be a shop owner i'm going to try to do it the best i can um uh, just like the technical side of things is more interesting to me than the business side of things but as a shop owner i certainly want to make sure that i am doing my best to to run a successful shop i guess so um 
I guess that's the drive. I, I want to learn in every aspect of my life, but uh, you know how to manage uh, employee relationship, customer relationship, um, you know, business things are important. So it's all that stuff that you went from tech to owner, and you said <gasps> HR, leadership, people, marketing, finance, and where so many people struggle. You not only are a great networker, and we and I want to talk about that, but you found that that AMI was a great source to get you focused in the right direction. Yes, um, truthfully, it was a matter of attending classes, and um, after a while, I don't know exactly what happened. It might have been uh, there was a while Diane Larson and others were graduating, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. So I looked into it and found out that I had quite a few credits already under my belt and just kind of uh, worked at home, similar to the technical thing. Um, I spoke with the, the, the team at uh, Automotive Management Institute, and uh, just we determined what I needed, and we I worked hard on it a few months and then submitted it. I hear a lot of uh, shop owners and people in the industry get their AMI that same way. They attend classes all over. They get scanned in or they, they write their name on a piece of paper. What's great is that our associations and our conference leadership know enough and they're smart enough to send the information up to AMI. And sooner or later, presto, uh, you've got enough credits. Good for you. Good for you. My passion really is about raising the level of professionalism in the industry and um, even outside of my own business, attending these classes that helps me to understand where the direction that the entire industry needs to go. I think that's probably, oddly enough for me, that might be the, uh, the more exciting part of management classes and AMI. You are passionate to almost a flaw to see where the industry's headed and going and what you could give and share. I'm impressed, involved in so many associations, but Eastern Florida State College Automotive Advisory Council member. So you're on this college board. Give me a takeaway or two. Um, currently, the biggest challenge uh, with this board is the recent decision to close the program after 50 years uh, of being in existence. So right now, um, that is priority number one. We're meeting together to try to reverse that. Uh, maybe kind of a losing battle out of the gate, but we're certainly going to do our best. Perfect example of why it's important to be involved with these um, these programs is to not only try to reverse decisions like this, but hopefully with involvement you know, um, around the country, they can keep things like this from happening. How long have you been on that advisory council? Uh, probably about three years. Okay. You saw it coming? There was a few things, complications within the uh, you know decisions that the administration has started to make re with regard to lengthening the day so that they have fewer uh, teaching days. And I think that had to do with um, compensation, uh, teacher compensations and things like that. So that was the first a uh, couple years ago. And uh, since then, it seems like uh, it hasn't been an obvious uh, thing for us, but it's not necessarily a surprise either. But the automotive program is going away. The college is fine, right? Correct. So w is there a, a, an opportunity anywhere in your area to um, have an, is there another automotive tech college? Embarrassingly enough, as far, you know, there is something about an hour south of us um, that is similar. It, I think it's still a community college. So our college uh, transformed from a community college to a state college a few years ago. And there's a suspicions that that has something to do with it as well. But um, 
not in our immediate area. There's a pretty good radius that there's nothing here. So uh, if it does close, uh, I, so I should back up. The decision is um, to make a uh, program through the pu county public school system. And they're going to basically at nighttime uh, use a high school programs facility. But the program is going to be like a general service tech. It's going to be like a 90 day program. And they're taking away a two-year program to put in this 90-day program. So. Yeah, the reason I'm on this with you, and, and, and I care that you're doing this, is this past August, I joined the Erie Community College Vote-Technical, uh, the Vote-Tech Training Center, and uh, very enlightened being on the board and seeing what's going on with the college and realizing the value that an advisory board has for a group like that. I'm just honored and excited to be there. So I, I always want to share and listen and learn about what's going on. And again, Bryn, like me, you really suggest strongly that other shop owners get involved all over the country. Absolutely. Um you know, acquiring new talent and uh, widening the pool of people to draw from to to enter this industry is important, as many of the listeners know. I, you know, but uh, so definitely getting involved in in secondary and post secondary, I think, is very important. Okay, secondary, you're involved. There has not been a meeting. I last year I requested to be involved, and in, so um, that was late last year, and there hasn't been a an advisory council meeting, but they assure me I'll be invited to that. So, um, yes, I will be involved with the secondary. It's, it's great to see that you're doing things like that. Is, is getting involved in secondary and post-secondary and getting the soapbox up and sharing what this great industry is about, is it going to help just one little tiny bit help us, you know, find the future techs that we're looking for? I believe so. Um, you know, for years, we've basically placed all of that in the hands of um, high school uh, guidance counselors, I guess is maybe the right term. And so I think most of us are realizing that we have to do more to shift that because it's there. Um, we have to be involved. We have to be there. We have to be present. So absolutely, um, that's a ne necessary thing. I'm talking with Jonathan Jacelli, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. So, Jonathan, how does a service professional get the guru on the go van to their shop? There's a couple ways. We do what we call cold calls, where we go around and just visit shops based on uh, geographics. And there's also times where we team up with outside sales reps from other parts distributors and visit the shops on that basis. So I love this. You pull into a shop on a cold call, they see the van, and they're probably excited to see you. Yeah. I've had a couple shops where they've actually have already heard of the gurus via Facebook or social media. So when I show up, they've already been signed up and taken online classes, and now that the van's there, it's really easy to book a lunch and learn. So you're really an extension of the Garage Guru Training Centers. Yes, absolutely. So you're all done with your lunch and learn. You spend 45 minutes to an hour. Probably that's all you can really get from a busy, busy shop. What are the technicians saying about your shop visit? Oh, they love it. They thank me, you know, every second I'm walking out the door and just can't wait for me to come back again. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On site, online, or on demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career 
on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. So you're you're all about training, am I right? I mean, you if if there was a an adjective to describe Bryn Klein, it would be training. Three adjectives: training, training, training. Right? Education, absolutely. Yeah, you're all about it. Um, you are uh, you're serving on CTI's Customer Training Advisory Committee. That's CarQuest Technical Institute for everyone. Absolutely, I'm excited about that opportunity. Um, that was uh, my actual. Uh, local instructor for CTI um, put my name forward. I guess Chris Chesney had uh, asked some of the instructors to look at some of the shop owner attendees and put some names forward for being on the advisory council. I have to thank Richard Falco for doing that. That has been amazing, and I I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. And I look, I'm definitely looking forward to. It. So, without breaching any confidentialities on any board that you serve on, give me an idea of the value that you receive by being on that board. It's encouraging to see some of the ideas that are starting now. Like um, there's been a lot of discussion over the years about how to make the industry better on all topics, but uh, training is obviously one of them. And um, attending, uh, it's only been one CTI advisory uh, council so far uh, meeting and attending that meeting is, uh, it's encouraging not only for what CTI is uh, trying to move forward with, I think there it's gonna it's a big deal, and I think it's definitely gonna help uh, bridge some gaps with regard to training. But you know, topics, other conversations come up with other organizations. Some of the members on that board are also, you know, on by advisory members for ASE and stuff like that. So um, without them going into detail, but it was still clear that there's some pretty cool things coming. So the discussions are finally kind of getting organized and. Uh, work is being done it seems like so Bryn where are we headed regarding training Um, I'm going to throw a bunch of words out at you daytime nighttime online leader led quality you know everyone has a reason to and not to go to training and I'm sure part of the challenge that you have with CTI's advisory committee is getting all those pieces working right from your perspective Daytime, nighttime, online. What are you giving for your team and, and what's your preferences? I'm a big proponent for daytime training. Everybody wants to complain about the people working in this field not having motivation to train. Well, I personally don't think it's fair for them, after, especially after a long, hard work day, to have, have their only source to be in the evening out of their own personal time. I am not saying that that to me, I love going in the evening every month, once a month or every other month. I think it's, to me, it's uh, breaking the monotony. I have a chance to learn and just, you know, talk with other uh, peers, but it's not fair for our, our industry's professionals to only have that available in the evening. Obviously, there's stuff online, um, which is helpful, but I think um, like if dealer franchises can pay their guys to go to a training during a day, I think the independent automotive repair uh, industry should do the same. Well, the big story is, hey, um, what if a really good customer comes in? And, um, of course, I didn't book heavy that day. I, I booked light, and and I'm in trouble. Uh, I just can't afford not to have that person here. You know, it's going to be tougher for smaller operations like mine. Uh, some of the larger operations that uh, are staffed similar or at least even remotely close to what a dealer franchise should be, I don't think it should be a problem for them. Some of the smaller, obviously, it's going to be a challenge. But again, I think it should it should be 
a priority. I think it can happen. Just like they have vacation days and sick days, uh, you can plan for training days once a month, have them sit down and watch a three-hour training video or or whatever. Do you see um, commitment to training actually improving? I guess it could depend on who I'm surrounding myself with. I'm surrounding myself with people that are passionate about training, uh, if not more so than me. So I guess... Uh, from my perspective, it there is definitely, but it could be, again, just the people that I'm surrounding myself with. You told me that you're uh, working with um, working tech's friends on some training projects. Can you share or is that kind of confidential? Uh, I can share a little bit. There's not really anything to uh, nowhere to point anybody at this point per se, but um, really we saw a need for something and we're trying to produce uh, a product that fills that need and it's really truly just us uh, diagnostic technicians working the field every day sharing our experiences um, with others and our whole goal is that um, the the product will allow the the watchers or the viewers to also share their experiences so it's not only the person presenting the material uh, it's also the att- uh, the attendees or the viewers that are going to be able to um, enhance that experience with their or the en- enhance that uh, learning experience with their work experience interactive you know it's most likely going to be similar just a comment type thing they comment their experience okay i get it uh, you have any goals uh, is it to be a trainer, for example, like at Vision? Absolutely. I would love, um, my passions are, you know, automotive technology with, with the diagnostics, um, you know, helping to improve the professional of the in- professionalism of the industry, but also I'd love to be in a position to train at some point and help others. Who do you look up to? A lot of people. I, I mean, I could go on pretty go much. Ahead, start the list. I look up uh, Matt Fonslow is obviously a frequent visitor here. Um, I look up to him, John Thornton, uh, Scott Manna, Eric Ziegler, um, uh, Harvey Chan, uh, diagnostic, you know, automotive technology wise. Uh, those guys for sure. I'm sure I'm missing a lot. Business uh, folks, uh, Pete Rudloff has been on the show. Diane Larson, of course. Um, uh, Gary Keys, uh, really Chris Chesney, big time. Sherry Hamilton, uh, George Minshew, big time. There's a lot out there. I mean, that's what's so exciting, and that's probably a lot of what drives me and uh, to to move forward to help try to move forward and help the industry better is to see so many awesome people that would, within it that are already doing so. Well, thanks for dropping all those names. I know them all. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, tell me about when you met Jim Morton for the first time. I met Jim Morton for the first time at Vision. Obviously knew who he was beforehand, introduced myself. And uh, between those two Vision uh, meetings, I had reached out to him about coming to my area to do to present some training. And uh, so we did make that happen. But the um, the following vision, which just happened to be before he came down, uh, was a really fun experience. It's uh, fun to watch him. Um, and I you get to and get to know him. But uh, it's really fun to see him. He's like an advocate for networking. He's really fun to see him introduce people. It's like a passion of his. He wants to make sure everybody he knows, knows uh, each other and uh, it's fun to watch that introduction that he is, seems to do for pretty much the entire 
uh, off time during these uh, conferences. Pretty cool. You know, back to it. And thank you for that on Jim, but back to the, the idea about uh, training at vision. Uh, I would imagine that the work that you do and the case studies that you do and, and, and what you're learning as a diagnostician, shop owner, diagnostician, uh, will prepare you for eventually being uh, an industry trainer. I hope so. You, you don't want to lose the business. You don't want to. You, you you just want to be able to do both. Have somebody run the business while you're doing training. Oh, that would be probably the best case scenario for sure. Um, if I can set it up to where you know I can, this place would run in my absence. Uh, that would definitely be cool for sure. So, Brian, you're involved with ASA National and ASA Florida. Tell me about the value you're getting. Again, uh, similar to the CTI Advisory Council, it's just being around great people and great professionals. So that's everything to me is is being around people that share the same passions and obviously uh, want the industry just to to move in a positive direction. Um, to me, that's the biggest takeaway is is being uh, working within an association that uh, has those types of goals. IATN. Advisory committee there too, huh? Yeah, um, Scott Brown actually reached out reached out to me to ask me if I'd be interested in um, helping, you know, IETN just uh, keep going in a positive direction, and um, was humbled and blown away with the offer. And I look forward to doing what I can to help there as well. Any value with Facebook groups? Facebook groups are huge right now. Um, and they probably have been for a while. Um, that's way exciting is the amount of information that's out there that's going to help our industry, uh, again, move in a positive direction. And Facebook groups is certainly one of them. A lot of technical groups, but also shop owner groups and, and things like that. Um, I started a couple secret groups um, that... They were one of them I'm proud of, but I'm hoping that it uh, gets gets moving along as a one specifically for automotive educators. But um, but yeah, these groups are pretty cool. Um, very a ton of resources, a ton of information, just thousands of uh, professionals sharing ideas and and experiences on there. Very powerful. An important element in networking. It seems to be one of the more important ones right now, for sure training you've taken your entire team division haven't you we have um done that uh we do what we can for sure um that those experiences are life-changing and career-changing as far as i'm concerned so if i can help anybody in my team uh, experience that uh it's very exciting to me uh, it's better than Christmas pre giving Christmas presents, I guess, you know, just being able to enhance their lives in that way. I think that's how important these conferences are. Is, uh, so if to, the idea of sharing it with people, uh, even people that aren't on my team, if I can encourage someone to attend or help them in any way, uh, I will definitely do so. So how does the industry get the respect it deserves? It's good news and bad news. It takes a lot of work. Um, that's the bad news. The good news is Almost everything you do positive within the industry will help. And it's going to, it's not one single thing. It's a, it's a lot of small things that, um, but that's one reason I'm so passionate about education is because uh, the education part, you know, 
shop owners, technicians, service advisors, uh, they get enlightened. They go to education, training, conferences, meet other professionals that care about this industry. Um, that's how it, those, that's how it's going to happen. And you're really saying it's going to take an army. <laughs> it is. The good news is there seems to be an army. And another one, uh, obviously, is watching these episodes. You know, the Remarkable Results podcast is a is a big, powerful tool. It's helping the industry move forward. If we can get more professionals watching it, I think uh, that's going to be a big motivator. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. It's um, It's gone beyond my expectations, and I am so proud to be part of the fix, the solution, uh, the insightfulness, the ideas, the inspiration that people can take and pull from any and every episode. So proud of everyone who's paid it forward. So you going to Vision again this year? Yes, absolutely. I, I doubt that there will be one that I miss from this point forward. But yes, definitely. We've done enough shows to talk about the value of training. I know you've been to Auto Mechanica, been to Apex in the past. Yeah, AVI, um, attended AVI, which uh, is at the same time as Apex generally in Vegas. So we attended that, uh, the CAN conference this year in Chicago, not long after the Auto Mechanica mm -hmm. uh, conference. Been to cars when it was in Orlando. That was uh, the first one I went to. I didn't even know these things existed until that one. So pretty cool eye-opener. And that's the message here. The things that you're saying, um, the reason you're here is because you're so passionate about that element of our industry training and getting out and networking and i love what you just said all you have to do is go there once and get enlightened even if you didn't pay attention to this great training you met people and you built your network and you realize that there's people out there just like me who you know aren't perfect every day it's fun to be around people that are experiencing the same problems that you're experiencing. You don't feel like the only one that's encouraging, um, but you're also learning how they handle those problems and, and hopefully coming home and finding a new solution to the, to the issues that you're running into every day. Um, back to the conferences though, um, it was discussed in the past and uh, on this show by many, but I, one that um, I'm reminded of is Eric Ziegler. It definitely does. You have to make the best of it when you do go. Um, it is career and life changing, but definitely put yourself out there. You put yourself in uncomfortable circumstances, introduce yourself, um, definitely network. Don't just attend the training, go back to your room and uh, relax on the bed watching HBO. Yeah, we've heard that over. In fact, it was Fonslow who uh, made such a big deal about that in one of our interviews. You know, if you go there to train and then you know, get a pizza, go to your hotel room and watch TV until the next morning. You have wasted most of your money <laughs> because you, you have to be hanging out. You, you've got to be with the rest of the group. You have to go to the banquets or, or hang out at the bar because that's where it, the magic happens. Absolutely. To me, I look, it feels like how some people might think at church, you know, you work, you go through all week living your normal life and then you attend church on Sunday and you feel better about it. Going to conferences is the same thing. You're working in the industry all day, every day, and then you go to these conferences and it's just like a, a breath of fresh air. You come away with it encouraged and motivated to, to be better for the rest of, until your next one, basically. Biggest thing that you're working on at the shop you know, maybe a, a challenge you're, you're working at? For our shop, it's definitely card count. But the, the I, I feel that the challenge for me is getting the right staff in place. Um, 
we've got a great technician. Um, I actually, I'm in the shop most days diagnosing cars. I should be, I, I know that most of the experts tell you to uh, be the CEO and work out of it, but I, I'm super passionate about automotive technology and diagnostics to be away from that aspect of it. Uh, for me, the challenge is getting a service advisor, the, the right one, a great one. And I think, I think that's, obviously we have several challenges, but that to me has been one of the biggest hurdles so far. But How does Bryn Klein re-energize himself? Training, networking, um, attending, I mean, all of these things that we discussed. Amazing for you to say that. I guess I'm almost not surprised. <laughs> Do you remember the last record-breaking sales month you had? Probably was fall of this year, I guess. Um, we're definitely um, doing better, the businesses, but uh, it's probably a little slower than I'd like it to. But again, you know, I feel at this point that it's uh, the lack of having the right person uh, up front to represent our company, handle phone calls properly. We've definitely invested in training with that regard as well. Um, but I don't think that I've had the right person in there yet. So Okay, so you love to train. Uh, you love diagnostic work. You are passionate about everything, case studies, research. I don't ever see you as your business grows, ever, getting in that office and working on the business not in it. Am I right? I don't think I'll ever leave the automotive technology side. I will, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it to leave it. Um, I do probably need to set more time aside to work on it and not in it. But, um, but to answer your question, short answer is I'll never leave the diagnostic. So if that's the case, you would obviously have to make sure the people that you do have doing the jobs that you should have been doing, really, really good people. You may have to have an office manager that almost acts like the CEO, yet you sign all the checks and, and stuff. But uh, you still get a chance to play in the bay, which is exactly what you want to do. That sounds about accurate. I've, I've definitely seen some models um, that way yeah, as well. Yeah, so. they, they, they can work, but you have to you know, slice yourself off and, and hover over like a CEO. You may not be in the office sitting, but you need to need to hover. So are you charging for all your diagnostic time? Absolutely. Yes, sir. With no exceptions. Is it hard to sell it? It can be for new clients, for sure. And we're uh, still growing. So new clients are quite a, a decent percentage of our business. So selling diagnostics can be, um, you know, uh, we've definitely uh, taken part of a lot of training to try to f f um, find solutions to that. Uh, one recently was uh, Jeremy O'Neill's Maximizing Profit Selling Diagnostics. Uh, that was about two hours away from us. We attended that uh, recently, probably a month ago. So had some great ideas in there we plan on putting into place. So you really have to educate your customer as to the value. Absolutely. Um, definitely educate the customers with his um, class. A lot of it too is uh, to packaging diagnostics as opposed to selling it as an hour billable time or two hours billable time, but putting it in packages. But education is probably the number one factor for sure. Culture. You work hard at creating a good culture in the business? I don't know if I work hard on it. Um, like most, so many technicians turned shop owner, um, unfortunately, there's a, it's hard to find, in my opinion, a great job as a technician in this industry, um, 
there are great jobs out there, but if you're not willing to relocate, even if you are, it can be difficult. So as a technician turned shop owner, it was important for me for several things and culture was one of them. But I think if you have the right personalities and team in place, it can be fairly easy to have the right culture, I think. But uh, that's just, you know, that's how I think it's happened for us anyways. So let me give you all this due respect for your diagnostic abilities, okay? You're an A-Tech, you're on the side, you're one of the tops, but you're also a business owner. So the next class you would attend as a business owner, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what would it be? What, 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 what do you think you're, you, you need a strength in? Because I know you're going to go to Vision and, and attend all the diagnostic classes and you're going to say, damn, I should have gone to... That is the challenge for sure. Every time I go to a conference, I look at both sides, the management and technical side, and I I keep telling myself I cannot not attend these technical sides. So I'm going to have to focus the management side, you know, throughout the rest of the year when I'm not at these conferences. But um, certainly probably not the best way to do it. It's just hard for me to um, not choose uh, to attend, you know, the John Thornton, Scott Manna classes, you know. Just pretend you're looking at that management track. What's one that you would go to? Hiring, you know, the right people, okay. I think, is a big one for me. Obviously, I've had a hard time finding uh, the right person for the front end of the shop. So that would be a, a definitely a good one. Interesting that you say that last night in our in our interview. That it'll, it'll be released probably in the next month. Um, and again, when we release this, timing really doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I shouldn't even bring up timing when we're when we're doing these interviews. But but uh, Fonslow last night, Matt said, um, uh, you know, they were, they were, the guys were kidding him. You know, as he's looking over the management track here, he's a he's a he's a diagnostician and trainer, and he's looking over the management track, wanting to ex- you know expand expand himself. To me, it's important. I think for technicians to attend management training as well. I think. Um, everybody in the industry to some degree needs to know what the other person within their shop or operation uh, it knows, is learning, it, you know, kind of walk in their shoes. But um, if you're in this industry, I think you need to care about it. And if you're going to care about it, you need to know about it. And I think training uh, technicians should not just attend technician training for sure. Bryn, give me some advice for an individual who's in your same position came from a tech uh, started and owns his business now seven and a half years the the year count doesn't matter but that entire transition from technician to businessman can you give just a bit of advice for someone in your identical situation to help someone speed themselves along it always comes back to education Uh, every technician turned shop owner and that's the majority it seems like at least with the independent aftermarket um, get involved with management training out of the gate before you even make the move, start taking service advisor classes, marketing classes, business management classes. Um, Those are, again, most people that come into the industry are not business people, including myself, even seven and a half years later. Um, But definitely, definitely get involved with management training. You already, you most likely already know how to fix cars and that, but that's not all it takes. So, Definitely attend as much management training as you can. Come into the field. Um, also, is try to understand what the shop's going to mean, what it's going to be, the identity of the shop, as opposed to just another general independent auto repair shop. Try to find out what 
what niche you can offer, what your market uh, can afford, and you know, find that business and identity for sure. Those are some of the big things I think. Good advice. Good advice. Thanks. The best advice you've ever gotten. Even though I already had a a desire to be involved with the industry, I kind of felt like it was going to have to be later on in my life uh, with a young family and a, a, a shop owner that was trying to grow the business. Um, probably Diane Larson encouraging me to get involved with the industry on a national level, at least professional advice. I think um, that's been a pretty big one for me. Good to hear. You know, Diane was one of my very early interviews. Yeah. Back in the early day. And and what, what's so interesting about that is I knew Diane. I've known Diane for years. Great, great lady. Thank you. Thank you, Bryn Klein from Assured Auto Works in Melbourne, Florida, for being on the podcast. You know, I've I've had you targeted for a while and finally, <laughs> finally got together with you. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure for sure. Yeah. Uh, you taught me a lot, man. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. I've learned a lot from watching the episode, so definitely glad to be on here. Hey, thanks, Bryn Klein from Assured Auto Works in Melbourne, Florida, for your straight-up talk on training. Your message is one of commitment and involvement. I love your passion and ways to improve our industry. Continued success to you. Find the show notes for Bryn Klein at remarkableresults.biz slash E293. Now, you know, every week, the podcast archives grow. And if you're a new listener, you've got to spend about 10 minutes on the podcast's website, remarkableresults.biz. Now, there I've cataloged these powerful audio storybooks by their key talking points, by their series, and the entire catalog is powered by a smart search feature. Find the tag cloud and the archives and start your learning curve. I know it will sound great, and you'll find inspiration from your industry colleagues who've paid it forward for you. Don't forget, share with a friend, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time...